What started from a cut foot and blood in the water became a lifetime pursuit of the unlocking the scientific code to a synthetic bait that we know today as fish bites. Dr. William Carr's legacy lives on in every single bag that we buy. So today, we're going to discuss that. That's right, everybody. We're talking to fish bites. So sit down, get comfy, get that notepad out because you know you're going to want to take some notes on this because there's going to be some good stuff. You're listening to Finding Demo Surf Fishing. Let's get on. It's like every week when I know I'm going to record, I get more and more excited. I get, just keep getting pumped up for every episode that's coming. And this week's definitely been no different. I have been jazzed up since we started getting this one even on paper. So it's only going to get better as we go through this. And I'm just, I'm, I'm pumped, super pumped. So I hope y'all are too. It's going to be a fun episode. We got some great stuff for you here. So without further ado, let's just get right into it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Mr. Brett Burford, sir. Good afternoon. Glad to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, man. I'm, I'm glad that you guys were able to come on. This has been a lot of fun planning this conversation. So uh, uh, <laughs> before we get into the fish bite stuff, I actually actually want to talk to you a little bit, and then we're going to get into the product. Is that cool? Sure. All right. Give a little curveball here. So tell us about you and your fishing experience. I, I know you're a hell of an angler. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but I, I, I consider myself a casual fisherman. I've been doing it a long time. You know, I do it for fun. You know, I've never gotten into too many tournaments and things like that, but uh, I just enjoy doing it. Doesn't matter if I'm on the beach, on the boat, on the bank. Uh, just love being out there, and and I don't even have to be catching fish. You know, it's it's just being out there, being in the water, being by the water on uh, this beautiful planet God has given us. And uh, you know, there's it, fish or no fish, it's great being outdoors. Absolutely. Something about that, man. I, I think we've talked about it in other episodes, and I know you and I have talked about it. It's just something about being on the beach, lying in the water. Life is good. That's it, man. No doubt. So where have you, where'd you start fishing? Was it in that area? Where, where are you from? I'm originally from Gainesville. And uh, so I grew up fishing the west coast of Florida, Cedar Key, Steen Hatchie, Horseshoe, the Big Bend there, trouts and redfish and and, uh, you know, occasionally we'll travel over to the East Coast and fish the beaches while we're on vacation. I really didn't get into, uh, you know, fishing on a weekly basis until I came over here to fish bite. Uh, and now we're doing it every day pretty much. I'm, I'm fortunate enough to live on a little saltwater canal there, and, uh, and we pretty much do it every day. And learning more and more, uh, you know, surf fishing, for instance, I didn't do a whole lot of. I mean, I'd go out eight foot one more rod and we catch some fish and what until i started working here at fish bites which was about five years ago that i realized how much went into surf fishing i mean it, it came completely blew my mind and uh and i enjoy it i mean i do more of that than anything else at this point and um you know it's, it's been a great great learning experience i can only imagine i mean nice fringe benefit of the job there being able to go fishing every day it's it's not much but that's, that's one of those few things you're like this is good i can live with this yeah no, I, uh, I've known the Carr family my whole life. Uh, Dr. Carr's uh, grandson and I grew up together. Uh, Dr. S uh, Carr's son and my dad went to high school together. So 
uh, even as little kids, we'd be up here visiting uh, Dr. Carr and St. Augustine. He'd, you know, we'd be 14, 15 years old. He'd let us take the boat on our own and, and run up and down the Matanzas trying to chase fish around. And it's uh, <laughs> been awesome to be involved with this family as much as I have been. And I'm just blessed to uh, finally get a job over here. I, I had my own business over in Gainesville, pest control company, and I was doing really well, making a lot of money. And uh, they had a position for me, asked me to come, and I dropped what I was doing and, and headed over to St. Augustine. And it's uh, been quite the learning curve that uh, inshore fishing over here compared to the west coast of Florida and the big bend there. I mean, it's a completely different fishery, and I'm still figuring it out. Uh, but it's been a lot. Nice. All right. Well, let's talk about that, too. And your audio is getting a little funky. I'm, I'm hearing a little digital, so it might be the cell signal. I don't okay. know if your signal's bad in there. Um, but... Uh, so you're saying it's really different. Can you give me a little bit more about why? what do you think the main differences you've noticed are? Uh, well, I mean, when I was growing up fishing over in the Steenhatchee area, uh, and, and like I said before, I'm a casual fisherman. I don't claim to be any kind of expert. But, you know, you could just float around out there with a popping cork and catch redfish and trout all day. And you had crystal clear water, and you'd see the oyster bars, know where you're going, no problem. And you get over here, it's dirty water, dark water, and, uh, you know, you, you kind of really have to know where you're at. you got to find these little holes over here, where, as over there in the Gulf Coast, or at least the area I was fishing. I mean, they were everywhere. It was like shooting fish in a barrel. Wow. And here it's just it, it's a lot different. And uh, like I said, I've been here five years now, and I, I don't know if I know a whole lot more than I did five, five years ago. It's, I'm still learning, uh, but it's, it's, it's great. Uh, I, I really enjoy being over here and, and uh, being with the company. That's awesome, man. So when you've learned the stuff that you've learned on the East Coast, have you ever brought it back to the Big Bend and tried anything, any of those new tricks? Not really. I mean, when I, I whenever I do get a chance to get back over to the Big Bend, it's uh, I go right back to my old tricks. And, you know, it's <laughs> hey, the old ones always do, right? That's good stuff. That's it. All right, so let, let's talk about the company. Uh, what makes Fish Bites so different than all the other companies out there with the baits? Uh, well, with our scent technology, is is 100% synthetic. We don't take any uh, biological material from shrimp or, or crab or anything. Uh, Dr. Carr uh, figured figured this out. He, uh, you know, you, you mentioned the cut foot story uh, in the intro there. And when he was a kid, he cut his foot on an oyster bar while he and his dad were out getting oysters. And he noticed all these little creatures coming up to his foot and wanting to eat this eat whatever's coming out of his foot and uh, he spent his life uh, starting in the 70s uh, figuring out what these fish are smelling and he put them into a synthetic formula he figured out what these chemicals are uh, and what these stimulants are that fish use to detect and track their pr prey and what he realized was that contrary to popular belief there's little in common between what humans smell in the air and what fish smell in the water Odors that persist in the air don't necessarily dissolve in water. And uh, he focused on replicating these natural feeding stimulants in the lab and cr creating a more refined and potent forms of, of the scent technology. That's smart. I, 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 when I was reading the whole stuff about him, that whole travel, just all of it, you really could see he put his heart and soul into it. I mean, he went to school for it. He continued on with it. It was just a, it wasn't a hobby. It was a passion for him. Absolutely, and, that, and it wasn't just with fishing. I mean, that's he's 
he was one of those guys where you know you say they don't make them like that anymore. I mean, anything he did, he put his heart and soul into, and that started when he was playing baseball at the University of Alabama, winning their first SEC championship in 1995. Uh, he was recruited by the Cleveland Indians until he got hurt, and then uh, he started off on his scientific scientific endeavor. Uh, went to Stetson, then to Duke for his PhD, and then finally uh, uh, to the University of Florida. <laughs> See, the, that is a true statement, though. They don't make them like that because nowadays no, they really it, it's really small and far, few and far between that we find people like that nowadays. But it, it, it's amazing how that kind of legacy can be left because when you've got that drive for something and you can build something, it, it's going to last, and it's going to last forever. So that's – I mean, I'm impressed and – I definitely feel small. Uh, so I know it's a trade secret, and I'm not going to ask anything about it. Um, sure. But the biggest piece with the environmental impact, um, you, you'd mentioned that nothing is taken from the ocean. It's all synthetic. But you still maintain that the entire uh, – the whole bait thing is biodegradable. Um, do you think that was Dr. Carr's plan the entire time? Uh, yeah, in a sense it was. I mean, and, and for a couple different reasons. He didn't want to take anything from the ocean. He likes to leave things, you know, how he found it. And the other side of that is, is he, he wanted to leave that bait out there. You leave bait out there, let the fish feed on it, and uh, fatten up. You come along with something uh, synthetic like he's made, and, and if it smells enough like it, what they're naturally eating, they're going to eat that. So, yeah, that was the idea from the start. Oh, Definitely good stuff right there. It's only one over. It's kind of an important resource for us, so that's great that you guys could do that. So, mm -hmm. why do you think scent is so important? Uh, I mean, that's what fish use to detect their prey. I mean, uh, fish don't see well. They don't have a great sight. I mean, most biologists would tell you a fish's depth perception isn't great, uh, and they kind of have a, a semi-blind spot straight ahead of them. They can see when they get up close on it, but the only way for them to really detect prey from any kind of distance is off a of scent or vibration, which makes some of these hard uh, hard plastics really popular. Uh, once they get up on it, they can see what they're eating, and uh, but the scent is what drives them to eat. And that's the beauty of, of fish bites is we've taken uh, – the similar chemical composition of what a shrimp is made of or a crab or a sand flea and put it in this synthetic formula, but at a much more potent level. Uh, so there's, you know, always the argument that can bait outfish live bait. And in a sense it can, because you're catching more fish on one piece of bait and the, the scent of a piece of our shrimp bait is giving off is 10 times the amount a real shrimp is giving off. But yeah, for the most part, don't see well they they feed on their scent and that's why fish bites has been such a big success oh man it's funny you mentioned the site thing because i know that it's been brought up many times in different youtube channels uh it's been talked about by i think every angler that i know we've all spoke about sure. site but you know i'm sitting here and i'm looking out of my one of my windows and i can see you know 300 yards no problem but there's no sure. way a fish is going to have that visibility that fish is going to be looking somewhere within you know the five uh, to ten foot if yeah. that Right, yeah, that's what it is. You know, we can we can really, if we don't have any obstruction, can see miles ahead. Where a fish, it's a maybe a few hundred feet, and then you add in water clarity, and it yeah. it completely changes it up. So it's almost like they're, uh, you know, they're they're constantly looking through fog, and they need that scent to to find their prey. 
Yeah, I found on the East Coast there fishing one of the tournaments. Uh, it was Roy's tournament last year. Uh, couldn't get yeah. any pompano, but, man, I could get whiting, and I, w- I was happy about that. But it was so murky out. Uh, Paul had mentioned, he's like, man, they're going to be, their only way they're going to find the bait is if they smell it and run into it today. And it was just like, all right, cast it and launch it. You know, we had fish bites on top and bottom hooks. You know, we were like, all right, change the scent up profiles and just in trying to make something happen. It, granted, we still we still hit and we still did okay. But uh, right. the scent piece being the main one, if they can't see it, they got to smell it and they got to come for it. Absolutely. And I hear these guys uh, all the time, you know, over on, on you guys, this goes, you, you got clear water a lot of the time. Yeah. We don't get clear water like that, but they'll, they're adamant about it. They're not fish. The water's dirty. And I, I think it's really a plus for fish bites. You know, I mean, a fish, if he's going to see a, a sand flea, see and smell it, he's going to eat it. Um, in fish bites case, you know, if, if you got that potent of a scent out there, he doesn't need to see it. He's going to, he's going to find it and bite it anyway. Yeah, I mean, I found most of the times that I've catch redfish here uh, is on kind of a dirtier water day, uh, heavier wave action, more foam. I know the ground is getting mm-hmm. uh, beat up a bit, but yeah, I mean, my first red was what on a sand flea, sand flea fish bite alone, and that oh, was yeah. my first red here in, in Navarre. I was like, it's so easy. Why does everybody make it look so hard? I, I just caught this slot red. What, what are we doing? I tell you, it's been crazy seeing, and I didn't. I didn't know what kind of fishery you guys had over there until I, I started working here at Fish Bites, and, and I've had the opportunity to see you guys over there, you know, Panama City to Alabama, and some of those fish you get over there, big black drum and those big redfish, oh, yeah. they just eat a tiny little piece of that fish bites, and they'll go for it. I mean, I've, I've been amazed by that myself, and knowing the company as long as I have, I've, I've even come to be surprised by some of those catches over there. Yeah, it's kind of funny when you, you know, I, when I first started, I was cutting bigger chunks and, you know, I was using the strips um, and then uh, fishing with Justin and a couple other people were like, dude, cut it down a little. I'm like, why? It's not going to help me. They're like, oh, just do it. So, you know, cut it down to thumbnail size and 34, 36 inch black drum, 29, mm-hmm. 30 inch red. And you're like, you got to be kidding me. This little piece of bait, like they smell it. They want it. They're going to hit it. So that's it. Yeah, like my my good buddy Caleb Couture will say, he says elephants eat peanuts, and uh, <laughs> big That man can fish. That, he can. That guy, man, I, I've never had a chance to actually speak with him, um, and I only know him through reputation. But one thing I've always known about his rep is that man can fish. If you got questions, ask him. He he can he can tell. Yeah, he's he's been doing it you know forever and he goes back three generations fishing that area he's, he's in he's kind of taking a step back from uh, some of the public life and uh, that side of the industry uh, but i know he's still getting after it that's good man he yeah definitely a guy that you uh i i like his knowledge eventually i will track him down and be like all right we need to talk just humor me somebody's gonna want your knowledge yeah, yeah i can uh, help you help you set that up loving things working through podcasts <laughs> so with talking about the bait um actually let's let's play a little bit with that one um so fish bites has two different formulas they've got the quick release and the standard uh quick release being the red bag uh right what, what being i mean i i know the difference here but what being the main difference that you see in why did fish bites decide to make a quick release and a standard uh for the cold, I mean, for the fast tagging, we wanted to design something that would break down a little bit faster in the colder water, like in the Northeast. Oh, we we got that request, and it was something we could do. And and this, one, you know, our our long lasting formula has the mesh in the middle of. 
Right. Uh, that mesh, all the material on that mesh is biodegradable. That mesh itself is not. Uh, but now in the fast acting states, that entire piece is 100% biodegradable. And we do reinforce it with some of these fibers and uh, keep it pretty tough. Uh, it's not as, obviously not as tough as the stuff with the, the mesh in it. Uh, but yeah. It was something the guys in the Northeast wanted and uh, something we decided to make. And, you know, we don't sell near as much of that as we do the, the long lasting stuff. And my personal feeling on it is, you know, I don't know that the scent gets out. I've, I've tried using it and I catch just as many fish here on the on the long last as I do the fast acting. And, and I'm catching multiple fish on one piece of bait rather than two or three on that fast acting. So I personally believe that scent is still getting out there just as fast. Uh, but, you know, if that customer wants it, we'll try to give it to them. Yeah. I, I've used the fast acting here in the winter when the fishery really dies down because, like, I, I want to get a concentrated blast. And then yeah, normally I'll put it probably on the um, my bottom drop. And then on my top drop, I've got a standard piece. Kind of just try to, like, all right, I'm going to explode it and hopefully bring it in this way. But um, that makes yeah. sense that I understand that now with the colder water because, yeah, it slows yeah. it down a little. Yeah. Okay. So, um well, I guess I, well, I guess I already answered that one. Well, the advantages and the use recommended. I mean, cooler water is kind of the idea behind the fast release, but you can still use it in the summer. I mean, you can use it in the warm water. Yeah. It's just going to go fast. Right, and and I know what um, a lot of the guys in Florida, I mean, most, if you're surf fishing in Florida, get the long-lasting. I mean, it's not going to make much of a difference for you other than just having to rebate with the fast acting. Now, some applications you can use with that fast acting in Florida is if you're fishing uh, kind of soft plastic and you want to add a little bit of scent to it. Uh, if you're fishing, I've, I've put little pieces on my top water treble hooks just to add a little scent. You know, that fish is, is chasing that top water down and a lot of times they'll hit it, uh, but they're not tasting anything unless you're, you know, putting some procure on it or something like that. But if you got that little piece of that fast acting on there, they hit that plastic and they not only see and feel something, but they're tasting something as well. And you can do that with with any of these uh, hard plastics or soft plastics. Uh, it was funny. Uh, Saltwater Assassins posted this big black drum the other day on one of their soft plastics. And you can see in the picture a little piece of fish bites on that hook. And uh, this, that was pretty funny. Yeah. I mean, it's smart, though. I mean, I've heard of Procure. And, I mean, I've thrown fish bites on um on my goofy jig i always throw i normally always throw it on yeah. the bottom of it cause like all right i'm gonna get something going there but i never thought to throw it on with my top water for some reason i don't, I don't know why yeah, you don't want to yeah you want to put a, a tiny little piece because you don't want to affect the action of it so you don't want to put too much weight on it but that's where that fast acting comes in it's a lighter piece of bait and it'll uh, dissolve as you're working the bait and it's just another another tool to have in your bag there yeah it's a great tool to have i mean and just a sliver, like you said, not not a chunker, probably just a nice yeah, little sliver. Yeah, you just want them just to give them a little taste when they hit that thing. Because I can't tell you how many times I've had them hit and then can't get them to come back. And that may just be the way I'm working it. But uh, but I just I feel like it gives me a slight advantage if they actually taste something uh, when they're hitting those plastic lures. Yeah. Well, and it's oh, so. Let's talk about plastics for a second. I know it's not on here, um, except for further on. But let's talk about it anyway. You've got the Dirty Boxers, the Fight Club series, all those great series with your all soft plastics. Those are also infused with um, concentrated scent, right? Yeah, they are completely impregnated uh, with our scent technology. And these baits are also 100% biodegradable, other than the glitter that we put in it. 
uh, and nobody else is doing that. I mean, there's no PVCs, rubber, or plastic in these baits, and, and we are the only company uh, doing that. There are other companies out there that can claim their baits are biodegradable, and you can do that. I can't remember what the number is, but if your bait is, say, 60% biodegradable, you can claim that. Ours are 100%, again, for the exception of the glitter. And and that does two things. It's one, it's, it's good for the environment. You're not leaving any plastics or microplastics in the water if you lose a lure. Uh, but as far as catching fish goes, uh, we're able to completely impregnate that bait. And when you're moving that bait through the water, water is able to move through the bait, being that it's not coated in a plastic or water or, or rubber. So water, the, the water you're fishing is moving through the bait and it's pulling that scent out as you work that lure. And then uh, that's really what separates us from from any anybody else. Uh, you don't have to soak these baits. You don't have to you know rehydrate them in scent or anything like that. It's there and it's always there. Dang, I didn't know they were fully biodegradable. I just uh, yeah. I never even thought about it. The whole thing yeah, except the glitter. That's impressive. Everything except the glitter. Yeah. And it's been, it was a difficult process. And that was, you know, something very important to the company and Dr. Carr. And, uh, you know, we had to hire a couple different chemists to come in here and figure out how to do this. And then, then just shooting it, you know, uh, get, shooting it into the molds is, is really difficult. You, we've got to have a completely climate controlled room. Uh, it's got to be at an exact temperature to where it'll fill the mold and fill the bait to a full piece. And uh, we're finally thinking we've got it dialed in uh, to where we're really pumping these things out. When we first started uh, making these Fight Club baits, we were shooting them six baits at a time. They would roll down this conveyor belt, and it'd take about eight minutes to get down this conveyor belt and uh, to flash freeze. And when they came out, they'd have all this flashing, which is just excess material. And the girls in the packing room would have to sit there and hand trim every one of these baits. And when you look at our shrimp bodies with those six little legs on them, you can imagine it's pretty time consuming. Yeah. Uh, but we got uh, we got some guys in the industry to make us some specific machinery. And now we're shooting 60 baits at once, four minutes, no flashing, and they come out looking perfect and pristine. Nice. That's streamlining right there, and that's not a loss of time, money, or bottlenecks. That's it, man. <laughs> so, uh, with the plastic, um, with the plastic series, it's shown good promise. Uh, how would you recommend using it in the surf? I'm sorry, I didn't catch that. Oh, I'm sorry. How, how, with the plastics being, I mean, we know they work. We've seen them work. I've used them. Sure. Um, how do you recommend that they get used, say, from a surf angler position, throwing from the surf out? Uh, in, in your area, I wouldn't. On the east coast, um. I'm maybe throwing them a couple times a year. I mean, it's just too rough over here for us to really get a whole lot of action. Um, in your area, you can get away with it. Think first thing in the morning, if you know you've got some reds running or some blues running, if you put that bait in front of them, they're going to eat it. Um, now, one uh, one application over there that I've used it for on your neck of the woods is uh, the flounder. Uh, you guys get some of these steep drop-offs on the beach there as the water comes in and those flounder get holed up right on those edges and you throw that bait out and work it in as soon as you get on that edge and flounder there he's going to hit it and and of all the fish i've caught on these baits it seems like flounder one them more than anything else especially those curly tails they really seem to to dial in on those but yeah that's the idea i mean you've got to get uh you know the, the right time of year for it know where the fish are going to be and uh, I, I like to do it first thing in the morning when it's pretty calm out. 
and um, and sometimes you can sight fish them over there as well. Oh man, sight fishing! I've seen yeah. that one on YouTube. Like, oh yeah, you see it right there. I'm like, I don't, dude, I don't see anything. What you're talking about? Oh right my now. gosh, <laughs> I'm I'm the same way, man. I was I was fishing over uh, your area with uh, uh, Nick Nick Thompson. He's a Twitch guy, and we're on the kayaks, and he's like, there they are, there, and I'm like, where? I mean, I and I'm, I'm a little bit colorblind, so I'm using that as my excuse that some of these greens and browns kind of blend together. Uh, but yeah, it's amazing these guys that have been doing it a long time how how they can spot them from from nowhere, and and these fish will be swimming right under my boat, and I can't see them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Blake has told me uh, quite a few times. Uh, Blake Hunter with 30A, he's always like, hey, "Dude, yeah. it's easy to do." I'm like I. I need to just go out with you and see it because I uh, I really cannot see any of that at all. Well, he'll do it. What's funny with Ooh. Blake is he'll do it for Pompano. You know, yep. I mean, these fish will be sixty yards off the beach and he's pointing them out, and I'm like, I can't do that with a redfish two feet away from me. <laughs> <laughs> I totally get yeah. that. Uh, if you guys didn't hear it in the background there, that was the alarm. It's been 25 minutes. That means it's bait check time. So real, go ahead, put this on pause, go reel that in, go check your bait, make sure it's good to go, and then get it back out there because you should be catching fish. And if you haven't yet, you need to change your bait, something different, because it's not working. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the ones that, I mean, that's one of my favorite things I've, I've learned this year has been... You know, if you're going to keep doing insanity, throwing the same bait and nothing's biting, why wouldn't you change your bait profile? Change it to something else. I mean, Absolutely. Change the flavor, or, change the scent. Or move down the beach. Yep. I mean, it's, it's those things, yeah. Yeah, that was something, um, Just, I'm always fishing with Justin Reed. It, it seems like we mm-hmm. always, that's what, just our fishing buddies, which is how we roll together. Um, we had actually talked about it this year. I think what we're going to start doing is uh, start leapfrogging. So we're just going to start. You know, hey, it didn't work here. All right, that rod's nothing. Move it down. Move it down. And we're just going to basically hop each other and walk our way down. And we're, we're fortunate for that here where we have the national seashore, so we don't have a part, Marion. We don't have the condos. The only thing you got to deal with is walking. Oh, yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. And it's, a, it's a little cheater. We, we're pretty good yeah. at that. So um, with the Plastic Series, have any of them seemed to be better than the other, or is it just kind of dealer's choice lately? I would say dealer's choice. I mean, we get the most love on the, the curly tails, and like I said, that goes for flounder especially. If, you, if you're targeting flounder, get the curly tails, hands down. But for redfish, um, trout, I don't know that it matters a lot. I mean, I've, I personally like the curly tail, but I was out fishing the other day, and I was throwing my white curly tail, not getting a bite. And I just put on a bait, one of our baits I don't use a whole lot of, which is the jerk bait. It's called the brawler. And um, the first two casts, two fish right away. So I'm gonna wow. I'm gonna start using that one a little bit more. But yeah, it's um, yeah, like you said, changing up profiles. You want to, you know, you've heard the term match the hatch, I'm sure a hundred times. But yeah, you want to match the the same similar profile what those fish are feeding on. And um, I guess the jerk bait was the was the day for that for me. Ah, smart man. You changed it up and you got dinner. So that's a win. So let's go back to the strips here and let's um, concentrate there. So what are your thoughts on the strips in in regards to coloring? Uh, Is kind of a lesser of a factor than scent or what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm personally in the camp that the color doesn't make a whole lot of difference. They're coming to bite the fish bites for what it smells like, not necessarily what it looks like. Now, uh, Caleb, bring him up again. He has told me that uh, pompano specifically see in kind of a fluorescent lighting. So you want those brighter colors when you're targeting pompano. 
Um, but you know, it seems to be different in every region. Like in, in you guys' area uh, last year, it was green shrimp. That's what everybody wanted. Port St. Lucie last year, yellow crab. That's what everybody wanted. This year, it's electric chicken crab. So I don't know. I think what happens is a couple guys will catch one on, on one certain color and then uh, the word gets out and that's just kind of a word of mouth thing. And I could be wrong about that. It may make a huge difference. I'm just saying it ha made a huge difference for me. You know, I'll just grab whatever I've got in the bag when I go fish. And as long as I've got the right scent, I'm usually getting into them. Yeah, I, I'll admit with the electric chicken, I wasn't a big uh, I wasn't a big follower of it until I got some. And all of a sudden I started catching them like, you got to be kidding me, man. Really? Yeah, different. Yeah, yeah, and it, 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 and and that's not to say I don't go out there. Uh, you know what I generally will do if I'm setting up three rods, I'll put uh, my my uh, clam and sand flea on my top hooks and mix match the colors on the clam, and then on my body bottom hooks mix match the colors on the shrimp and crab, and um, you know I go with what works that day. But I, for now that I've been doing it a little bit more, I haven't really dialed in on one particular color at least where i'm fishing yeah for me it's more flavor profile i i mean the color is fine i i do try to play with it a little bit um especially mm -hmm. depending on what rig i'm using if i'm using one of salties or uh priskies you know i might try sure. to like all right it's green i'm gonna go with a green shrimp or hey it's red all right let's go with a red crab um yeah some, sometimes it's worked for me other times it's kind of like meh it didn't make a difference but it Right. And it's still something to, you know, add into the arsenal of, of attempting. Sure. It's always the it's the flavor profile that I'm like, all right, I need shrimp, I need clam, uh, I need crab. Uh, I haven't had a lot of luck with squid, but I think that's just because of the time I did use it, I was catching rays because the rays were yeah. just running crazy. So I was like, you I, know what? Mm. I don't ever use the squid in the surf, to be honest. That's just me personally. I know some guys that uh, will fish with regular cut squid uh, surf fishing. It's just not something I've, I've gotten into because – guys that know more about it than me have told me to use this or use that and it's generally not squid now that squid is a great bait uh for those trigger fish you guys have over there i can't tell you how many pictures i've been getting in of the trigger fish caught on our squid scent there so we're trying to open up into that market a little bit more in the offshore market um you know you mentioned not knowing much about the electric chicken crab it's a, a product we've had for years and squid is too but not a lot of people know about it so we're, we're trying to get the word out on that this year it's funny you mentioned that. I, I don't know why I didn't even think, you know what, if I'm going to go out on like a party boat or on a deep sea. I mean, because you're using squid. You're, you're using a ton of it when you're out there. And just throw a piece of Absolutely. fish bites on. I don't have to rebate. <laughs> you're good luck getting that off, dude. You're going to have to chew through this. Come on. Absolutely. Oh. Right. Yeah. Mental note. That's a lot of a lot of the offshore guys still uh you know they'll take their sardines or their squid out there and kind of get the fish uh, drummed up a little bit and then once you get them eaten then you can just drop that fish bites down and grab them one after the other that makes sense so hey everybody there you go next time you're going out a little bit of that won't hurt not even a little no. Um, and you can always do what, what a lot of people do when they first start using this product is they're using it in conjunction with something else. You know, somebody's using a live sand flea, they'll put a little piece of our sand flea, it'll anchor the sand flea on, and it gives you a little bit more confidence having them both out there. Uh, but you can do the same thing in the offshore. You know, if you got uh, a, a piece of cut squid, throw some of our squid on there. That way, you know, if you do get a bite and he pulls that uh, uh, fresh squid off, you're never fishing on credit if you got fish bites. Yeah, uh, nothing worse than fishing on credit. Ugh. <laughs> Breaks the soul, man. Yeah, it does. So you've got uh, so fish fish bites has um, the pre cut 
individual cuts, mm-hmm. and then you've got the full-blown strips. Uh, right. How do you recommend the, the cutting? I cut mine. I get the easy baits. I feel like uh, the pre-cut strips are sometimes a little bit bigger than what I want to use for surf fishing. And I'll take the easy baits and I'll cut them angle to angle and make little diamond patterns out of them. Okay. And again, that's what I've been told by guys that know about it more than me. Caleb uh, Couture, Paul Sperko, this is how they kind of do it. Caleb will even will cut them in that diamond and then kind of cut it up the middle and uh, have these little legs uh, kind of uh, hanging yeah. off of it. Again, I don't know how much of a difference it makes. You know, I think they're coming after the scent, but you do, you do know that there's nothing out there in the ocean that is a perfect square or a perfect rectangle. So you want to try to mimic something of a silhouette that's natural to the marine life, like a coquina clam or something like that that these fish are actually eating. Because that's how they see. You know, they're not seeing the full profile. They're just seeing a kind of a silhouette when they're going up there. So if you get it somewhere close, I imagine it'll help you catch some fish. Dude, that's a great little piece of advice right there. Mm-hmm. Change it, change it. I, I've heard of the tail one, on the uh, the pre cuts. I've heard hey, on the on the small end, uh, just give it a little cut right down the middle and give it the little flipper legs. Let the water move it around. Yeah, it can't hurt. No, no, no. Hell, if it catches fish, run with it. Absolutely. So, has there been a? I mean, you kind of answered this before, but I'll ask: Has there been a flavor or scent that seems to be the magic combo in the last? You know, that you've heard of. Well, I mean, across the board, across Florida, I mean, Sandley is kind of the go-to for pompano fishing. Uh, but uh, other than that, it's uh, it's more dependent on the area. Like I said, I, I rarely use shrimp to target pompano over here. And last year, guys like Arrington and Blaine, they were all over that green shrimp. I mean, that's all they wanted. And, you know, I don't I don't know why that is, why they, I mean, I guess it's what they're feeding on in that particular area. Um, but I know guys up in North Carolina are using the bloodworm to catch pompano. You're not catching them. And these are the same pompano that are coming down to Florida. And they're not eating the bloodworm here. But up in uh, North Carolina, they're, they're catching them on that. But sampley is kind of the standard. And then it's uh, it's kind of dependent on the area. Okay. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense there. So um, what are your thoughts on fish bites in the freshwater applications? Well, we do have uh, a catfish line of baits. It's called the Yamon, and they uh, it comes in a crawfish scent, uh, liver scent, and a shad scent. And it's for some freshwater catfish, uh, but guys use it for catching panfish, uh, specks, things like that. But our bloodworm's another one that a lot of guys use uh, for the panfish. Now, these fight club lures have uh, really surprised me and how well they've been doing on largemouth bass. I mean, we had a guy send us in a picture the other day, 11.78 pound bass Ooh. on one of our paddles. Yeah, big fat boy. And uh, now the problem we have getting into the freshwater market with our lures is they're expensive. I mean, you can buy uh, 100 plastic worms for three bucks, you know, where ours, we can't make it that cheap. I mean, our yeah. cost on that is not even that. Uh, so it's, it would be hard to compete in that market. I mean, the bass, those guys that know how to bass fish, I mean, they can pretty much catch them on anything. Uh, but I do know the guys that have tried it have had success on it. Yeah, and we've actually redesigned our bags instead of, you know, our bags used to say salt water on our Fight Club bags. We've taken that off. We had toyed around with the idea of putting an all-water bait on there. But we just took salt water off. We don't want to confuse anybody, but it does work in both bodies of water. Nice. I can imagine that bass. That's a big bass. Yeah. 
Uh, I'll send that pic to you. Oh, please do. Oh, absolutely, please do. So, um, you and I have talked offline, you know, the, the couple times we've seen each other uh, about soak time. Uh, when it, you know you're using your cuts and all that stuff, uh, what do you recommend for soak to replacement time? Well, I will tell you this: that as as long as you've got some meat on that bone, as long as you're not just fishing with mesh, you have scent with fish bites. Yeah. I mean, I, I it's funny. It was just last week. I was and I told you I live on a little saltwater canal back there, and I'll I'll go home and we'll toss a, a piece of fish bites out there. We'll generally catch little rat reds, but I'll use the same piece for days in a row. And and last week or maybe it was the week before we we threw it out there, and that bait I'd probably used three days in a row for a couple hours. It was sitting out there, it's just sitting on the bottom, and big twenty-six inch redfish comes through and smacks it. And but at the same time, on the surf. I'll leave my fish bites. I'm kind of lazy. I, I'll leave my fish bites on the hook, and then they'll sit in the garage for a week. I'll go back out the next week, throw it out, and, and I've caught fish there too. So the scent, you know, being 100% synthetic, it's always there. So if you have meat, you are going to catch. You can still catch fish uh, with fish bites because the scent is still there. But I've had fish baits for an hour, still caught fish. Now I know a lot of guys they'll leave it out there 15, 20 minutes and they think they need to cut it off because the scent's gone, even though they still have bait on their hook. And I get it. I mean, so much about fishing is is being confident in in what you're using. Uh, but personally, like I'm, I'm going to go fish the sand spike uh, shootout this week. I'll probably leave them on there 30 minutes. If I don't get something, I'm either changing a bait or changing a scent. That's generally, if I'm cutting off a good piece of fish bites, it's because I'm changing scents. And that that's that's where I'm at with that. Right. It's not like you're popping pink, you know, pink shrimp off and then putting pink shrimp back on. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's you know, we say if you if you look on our website, they say thirty or forty five minutes. But I've I've talked to all the bosses here, and and there's not a good answer for that. Um, we we really don't know. But I I do know that I've I've had three day old bait that's caught fish. Yeah. So, uh, it's there. Scent is there. Yeah, you're definitely not the only one. Uh, my buddy Jeremiah has proved it to me on numerous occasions. The man can definitely yeah. fish. He'll bring out, you know, I'll see his line's already done. Like, is that from the last time? Yep. Throws it out, still catches. I'm like, man. <laughs> I love it. You know, you know. So he's good. <laughs> yeah, he shows me up all the time. The dude's a hell of an angler. Um, so what do you think is the, the best method to remove the fish bite from your hook? Uh, I keep a pair of boomerang snips on me. And just cut them off. I know some guys will uh, keep a pair of fingernail clippers around their neck and cut it off. Um, as I mentioned before, that mesh is not biodegradable. So I'll keep a little pill bottle in my pocket. And when I cut it off, dispose of it that way and throw it away when I get home so it's not out there in the water. Uh, but, yeah, you just got to – it is kind of a pain in the butt. But it also allows you to catch six, seven fish on one piece of bait. So it's worth it in, in my mind. Um, but yeah, just cut them off with a, a small pair of scissors. That's about all you can do. Yeah. I keep mine in my Batman bag next to me. So there you <laughs> go. Just get them off. Um, and I know you guys, you've had this question a bunch. You get it at every seminar, every booth, every time you've had a table set up. And I've asked you about it because I was like, I got to ask cause somebody's going to ask it. Is yeah. the, is the Brown bag a death sentence? It is not a death sentence. Uh, as we mentioned before, the scent technology is 100% synthetic. So even if it has turned colors on you, the scent is still there. And also, as we mentioned before, I'm not a big color guy. I mean, it's if the scent is there, the fish will find it and eat it. 
so yeah, don't throw it away. But what they can get so bad and brittle where when you try to put a hook through it, it just falls apart. So kind of the rule of thumb is if you can get a hook through it, you can still catch fish. I mean, I'm not saying that I've had brittle, but I've I've definitely left a couple bags open in my my ammo can. Like, oh, this is hard. Oh. Yeah, and 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 what you really want to do as a as a biodegradable bait, if you the worst thing you can do is leave this stuff sitting in a hot garage or the trunk of your car. That's that's where it really starts to break down as when it's exposed to excessive heat. After we make this stuff here at the warehouse, we leave it refrigerated. Uh, most of our big distributors, we've purchased refrigerated coolers for. They stay refrigerated at the distributor level. Um, and a lot of stores are now starting to keep it cold. Um, but, you know, if, as long as you maintain uh, or keep it out of the heat, you're, you're, you should be all right. Yep. Learned that lesson the hard way, but it's still fished, and I still yeah. <laughs> yeah, Yeah, a lot of people ask if we can put expiration dates on it, and it's it's too hard for us to say because so much is dependent on how it's stored after it leaves here. If it sits on a UPS truck in the middle of summer for two days over the weekend, uh, you know, it's going to break down a lot faster when it's sitting on those Walmart shelves. Uh, but with that said, we most of our distributors have a defective allowance. So if a store's product does turn on them, they have the option to return that to the distrib distributor. We encourage them all to do that. We're paying for it. Take advantage of it when it happens. Um, but yeah, it's we don't want to see that stuff on the shelves. But if it's sitting in your bag and you can get a hook through it, don't throw it away. And then worst case, if it's so brittle you can't get it on the hook, just you know crunch it up, throw it out there in the surf, and, and chum them up a little bit. There you go. Um, I don't know if this is a trade secret, so I'm, I mean, and it's not on the paper, but you brought up a point that made me want to ask it. Um, okay. If when they send you back these baits that are no longer usable, are you able to break it down and reuse it, or is it basically just become? Nah. Okay. Yeah, nah. I mean, we we probably could, but it's we don't get that much of it back um, to really have to deal with. So right. we just I will fish it, or we'll give it to some of the guys in production or whoever wants it. Yeah. Okay. So speaking of uh, distribution, uh, we talked about it not so long ago. You guys are moving into Amazon, is that correct? We are. We have uh, just got our Amazon portal set up, and it's not something we wanted to do. Uh, you know, it's going to take away from our on online sales, and first and foremost, before you buy from Amazon, before you buy from us, we want you going there and supporting your local tackle shops. Uh, it is convenient at times, but if you guys, if you, anybody listening can get out there and support these local shops, that's the most important thing for this industry is keeping these guys afloat. And uh, so the problem we had was there were 16 dealers on Amazon selling our products, and we were dealing with the fallout when these guys weren't taking care of our products. A customer would order baits from some random Amazon, Amazon fish bite store, and they'd look like crap. We get the phone call. We've got to replace the baits. So we had to nip it in the bud. And we've got our own portal now. It's set up through the Fish Bites trading post if anybody's out there looking for it. And uh, it's got everything on there. And we're still working through some kinks. I mean, it's been amazing uh, how many uh, hoops we've had to jump through to sell our own product on Amazon. Uh, there's a lot of the stores on there are, are saying this product is made in China. And we couldn't be prouder of the fact that we make everything right here in the United States of America, St. Augustine, Florida. And it's depressing seeing uh, people advertising this as a China-made product. And um, 
so it's it's been a headache and our our marketing manager mike carr dr carr's son has been pulling his hair out for the last probably three months trying to make this thing happen but we are up and rolling live now uh so if it's your last option and you can't go anywhere else you can't support your local stores they don't have exactly what you want you can now go to amazon just be sure when you're ordering from the uh portal make sure it's the fish bites trading post to get the freshest baits this is coming straight from our factory that's not sitting in an amazon warehouse it's coming right as you would if you were ordering it direct from us on our website nice oh man i can't believe you guys had to i mean i get it but Speaking of that, if you all haven't been to uh, <laughs> Fish Bites headquarters yet in St. Augustine, it's worth the trip. Uh, I went for uh, the Burford tournament and uh, the benefit, and I hadn't even been. And then I showed up, I'm like, this place is huge. You guys have done a lot with those buildings. We really have. Um, you know, we had our, 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 when we bought the property, and this is kind of a funny story. Uh, when the bosses went there to, to get this property, this is actually Fish Bites' third location over the 22 years we've been around. Oh. And they went up to Jacksonville and, and went to the banker's office, and they sat down, and they had to uh, sign their first $1 million check or uh, loan, a <laughs> million-dollar loan. And they all were really freaked out about it. I mean, that's a lot of money to, to, to owe somebody. Uh, but it's been great, man. I mean, we've had plenty of space to to get this production uh, out. Uh, we built we put another uh, six thousand foot uh, square foot facility for the fight club that we're running everything out of now. And then we've got the tackle shop, which is where we used to make the fight club stuff, and which uh, and we remodeled it. And you've been at it. I mean, it's the, one of the nicest tackle shops you'll ever be in. And uh, yeah, we're continuing to grow, man. We're not going to slow down, and um, we're we're happy with what we're doing, and and we don't think anybody else can do it like we're doing it. And uh, we're going to keep going full steam ahead. Absolutely, man. Keep pushing it. Yeah, you're right. It is a nice tackle shop. <laughs> yeah. like, really I tell you, part of part of that is we don't sell any live bait. <laughs> we don't have <laughs> shrimp water sloshing around anywhere, and that's something we did, you know, for. Uh, you know, you can imagine some of the local tackle shops here weren't exactly thrilled with us opening up a shop, and, and we couldn't be more grateful for their support over the years. So we want to leave some stuff for them. Um, we got a few of them around us that sell live bait so, and kayaks. You know, it's another one, David, at St. Augustine Paddle Sports does a lot of kayaks. We're going to leave that for them. And um, But, yeah, it's a beautiful shop. We brought in a lot of uh, different products, bull bay rods, Florida fishing products. A lot of things people weren't really aware of in our area, and now pretty much since we started selling them, you go into any store, West Marine, I was in there yesterday, they've got Bull Bay in there, and uh, several of the shops in Jacksonville are now, now carrying them. So we try to have some different things. We've got the Daiwa and, and the stuff you know of, uh, but we try to get about, about, a lot of local products, Florida-based companies into the store, and, and uh, it's been going well. Yeah, you've heard about you guys having a lot with the local market. I know Brian Curlett, he was doing his uh, sand spikes. Um, mm -hmm. There was a couple other manufacturers, and Chip was there uh, with his sinkers. Uh, it's always, I don't know, I always find it refreshing when you got a local shop that's supporting a local small business, too, together. I mean, it, it's accomplishing Absolutely. the same means here. We all want everyone to catch fish. That's it, man. And there's 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 plenty of fish out there for everybody to make some money. Uh, so if they're doing doing it right, uh, we want to have them in there. 
Absolutely. All right, so let's get into the the last two of the fun ones here, and I'll let you get back to your work day. (laughs) So uh, what do you attribute the rush to surf fishing? This is a great question. I mean, I've been completely amazed of, of, of watching it kind of blow up these last five years, really since I've been in the industry. And, uh, you know, the quick answer is I think it's something everybody can do. I mean, most people can get out there, walk the beach, and throw a rod. And it's, uh, you know, it's not too expensive. You don't have to boat. You buy a boat. You don't have to clean a boat. All you got to do is roll your cart back up, rinse it off, and you're done. And, uh, you know, it's something about beach fishing, and, and like I kind of mentioned before, is worst case scenario, you're sitting on a beach, you know? I mean, how could life get any better, whether you're catching fish or not? Um, but it's, um, you know, here's another Caleb Couture quote for you, and, and I hope this don't get you in trouble, but ass in the sand, beer in your hand. That's what surf fishing's about, <laughs> and, and everybody can do it there. And you never know what you're going to get. You know, when you're out on the boat or the kayaks, you're kind of limited to species on the, on the beach. And there's no telling what's going to come through. And, uh, and again, it's just something everybody can do. Dude, that's good stuff right there. Because it is. I mean, you can. If you want to, you can get out in the water and just throw it. Yeah. And, and you can go with your wife and your kids or, you know, husband, whatever it is. You can go out there with the family and still fish and not hook somebody. So. Yeah, that's a great point is the, is the family atmosphere. I got three at the house and, uh, you know, one of them likes to fish. The rest of them don't. My, my girlfriend doesn't like to fish, but they love being on the beach. And it's something we can always all go to uh, do together. So a couple of them may be throwing the football. I'll be fishing. She's drinking a margarita. It's all good. <laughs> Can't, never a bad day with a margarita. No. So uh, let's do with the final last one here. What do you recommend a new angler does before they even start surf fishing? Uh, I mean, YouTube is your friend. Uh, you got the sinker guy, Spencer Brogdon, Broken Reel. I mean, they those two guys are so generous with their knowledge. And and I'm and you yourself, listen to but the Finding Demo podcast. I mean, there's so much great information out there, and, and that's what I really love about the surf fishing community. Everybody, for the most part, is so helpful. You know, we're not, for the most part, blurring out our pictures, so you can't see where we're at. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you're not going to put somebody in your favorite spot, but you can give them a general idea of, of what to do and go catch some fish. I mean, there's generally always some whiting out there to be had. Um so yeah, that that's where I would start is just get on YouTube and 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 start looking around and and learning. That's that's it. Yeah, that's good stuff, man. Well, I seriously appreciate all the time that you've given me today. I really do, and and thank you. Yeah, to, uh, thanks to the company too for letting me really kind of dig in a little bit more. I know there's a lot of information in print and on you know on YouTube about the about fish bites, but there was some stuff that I was like, there's got to be more. And I'm really glad that you were able to open up my eyes on a lot of that, and hopefully it helps somebody today. Uh, and Brian, we appreciate what you're doing, man. I mean, I've, I've been fortunate enough. I, I think I, I kind of started here. About, how long have you been fishing? Uh, what, fishing? what am I, a year and a half now? Almost two years? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I thought it was, but I didn't think it had been that long. But, man, you've been such a huge help to the community and, and getting the knowledge out there. You've kind of taken it by the reins and, and, and put it all in one spot for people to learn. And uh, it's it's been a pleasure watching you, you grow as a surf fisherman and watching you grow on your uh, – you know, 
podcast here. Thanks, good stuff, brother. Man. I appreciate it, man. And hey, thanks for the good stuff. You got me that pompano the other day. I know you saw. All that. right, yeah, yeah. Oh. And that was the other day. I wasn't sure about that. That was uh, an old pick or a new one. That was yeah, the other day. Yeah, it was just the other day. Fun. Just happened to throw out. It's like you know something's got to be here. And trying out some new rigs. Um, try, trying to you know just getting ready for the getting ready for the run. And mm-hmm. man, I was that rod bent. I was like, there's no way this is a pompano. It's too cold. And I was like, yeah. it is. This is the greatest day ever. <laughs> What's your water temp over there right now? Right now we're about 61, 62. Okay. So we're starting to creep back up. Yeah, good deal. You going to be fishing Blaine's tournament? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm in Blaine's, um, and I will be over there at Roy's, too. I'm coming to the East Coast. Awesome. Well, if you want to swing back by the shop, I think I missed you. Oh, no, you were here for Mark's thing. But if you want to take a peek around, man, we'll, we'll, we'll show you some of the secrets we can't talk about here. Ooh. I won't be sad about that. I'd love to see the manufacturing because I've always wondered, like, how do you do it? And I was like, I can't well, talk we'll, about this on here, but I wanted to see it. That's going to be really fun. We'll, we'll make you sign a paper that will cut your hands off. I, I fully time. accept the NDA. <laughs> 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 All right. I appreciate you, brother. Thanks so much for coming on, man. All right. Thanks, Brian. Have right. a good one. We'll talk soon. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. We, I hope this was helpful for you. There was a ton of knowledge. Uh, I hope you were taking notes because uh, I know I was. I was catching other things that I'm going to use for later, and you just can't go wrong with it. So stick around. You know we're going to have more things coming. There's always another episode. I appreciate you. If you learned something from this episode, by all means, please like it, share it, get that information out there. It's going to help somebody, and that's the best part. We're trying to make everybody available to catching fish we're trying to make everybody better because if we're not i mean what are we doing really so i appreciate you i'm glad you were here thanks for listening to finding demo surf fishing we will see you all next week see ya